Today's podcast is brought to you by Audible.com. Get a free audiobook download and 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com slash using your power. Over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. And I'd like to recommend Tony Robbins' Awaken the Giant Within, an essential personal development book for every reader. Welcome to Using Your Power. I'm David Andrew Eve, and joining me is... Maveen Cora. Hey, Maveen, how are you doing? I'm doing great, man. How are you today? I'm powered up. Are you? Me too, man. I got uh, a good day and a good start today. I uh, went to a chiropractor, got myself adjusted, uh, went and brought bought uh, about $30 worth of uh, just fresh fruit and vegetables. Yep. So I'm going to start my cleanse tomorrow. I think I was telling you that right before we started. And uh, got a massage, so I'm super relaxed, but now I got all this ex- extra energy uh, since we started recording, and uh, I'm ready to do our talk. How's your day been? Yo, well, I guess it's off to kind of a slow start, but you know, I'm still dealing with computer troubles, and you know, I've got a big week ahead too, so I gotta be planning and figuring out what, what I need to get done by when is so that I can still play the show out of town on, on Thursday and meet all of my other commitments as well, but it's an exciting week. Nice. Well, it looks like you're going to have a couple of uh, sleepless nights ahead of you. Maybe not that bad, but yeah, <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> awesome. So what's our what's our talk today? We're going to take a look at Tony Robbins' movie, I'm Not Your Guru. Right. And you might have watched it on, on Netflix. And if you haven't, I think it's it's a, something everybody should have a look at. It's, it's a quite compelling maybe even more interesting than you'd be inclined to believe. We all know where kind of Tony Robbins started or when he began to come into prominence, one of the, you know, people kind of knew him as the motivation prep rally, get hyped up kind of guy. But, you know, he is, he has matured as a, as a speaker, as an author, as somebody that's in the self-help or personal development field. And I think, you know, these days more than ever, he's channeling the part of him that is the psychologist because he's, he's studied psychology quite extensively. And I think I'm not your guru actually sums up that point quite nicely. He's, he's basically saying like, look, I'm not, you know, this motivation dude. He's, he's, he's kind of coming out and saying, you know, uh, I specialize in an area of motivation, inspiration, personal development, self-help, and that kind of stuff. But I'm, I'm not the guy to look to, in a way. No, that's true. And, you know, a lot of people go to his different events, uh, you know, throughout the 80s, from the 80s, 90s, till now. Yeah. And, you know, he's helped lots and lots of people all around the world. Uh, you know, puts on, I forgot how many events he does a year, but he's put on tons of different events, uh, some in the States, some overseas as well. And, you know, and, and just takes everything he's learned. And like he said, things that he's probably applied to himself as well, not just, you know, feeding people garbage, right? He's really applied a lot of this information to himself. Uh, you know, you can watch the video. You'll see a lot of the breathing techniques he uses, a lot of the way he increases his own energy as well, right? So a lot mm-hmm. of different things that he's learned over the years that he that he's really teaching people as well. That's true. And of anybody, he has a pretty busy schedule. He's not one to shy away from sharing that with people. I think I heard him talk about that on, on Tim Ferriss' show. So, you know, he's he, he's one of those people. We, we also know, like, entrepreneurs and other people who are saying, like, stop living these crazy lives and, and working these crazy days. But Tony Robbins is one of those guys that definitely openly lives that kind of life. And I think it really, it, you know, you get on that high of helping so many people that he, he can't stop helping people. He wants to do that. It's, it's just a huge passion of his. And that's like a huge motivator. 
Right. Even in the movie, he, you know, the, the, the gentleman that was doing the documentary asked him, you know, what pushes you? And he just said, it literally says it's an addiction he has now. Yeah. He really seriously can't stop helping people, which, I mean, it's a great addiction to have if you're going to have any sort of addiction, right? Is really helping people get through their day-to-day problems so they can actually go and live the life that, you know, they really want to live. Exactly. I don't know this for sure, but I think if I'm not mistaken, like right now, this is a Netflix exclusive. You might be able to see it elsewhere, but at the moment you may only be able to see it on Netflix. So just wanted to make that point in case you can't find it anywhere else. Right. I think there's uh, it was on released on Netflix. I think it was back in July 2016 here. So not too long ago. Uh, the event that's taking place on the video, I believe it took uh, place in 2014, if I remember correctly. So it is a couple of years old, the event itself. I mean, the it, Day of Destiny, but he does those like every year. He right? does those once a year and he does do them in uh, in the Florida, where the state that he lives in or might have one of his homes in. Uh, but he does it in Boca Raton, right? It's a six day event that he puts on and, and people from all around the world come in and, you know, just watching the video, you'll really get to see how extensive it is because he he, you know, he's catering to all different people from all around the world. You know, if they don't speak English or understand English, he has translators in place to help people as well, right? So, mm. I mean, people got, it's almost like the meeting of the UN when you're watching this video. So, why are we discussing this? What, what's its importance? Why, why would we want to discuss, I'm not your guru here on using your power? You know, one fantastic question, you know, one of the big things that I took away, uh, I watched that video two times, actually, what back nice. to back within uh, a day of each other. And the reason was, like, you know, when me and you actually, you actually told me about it. I'm not sure if you had actually watched it at the time or not. I, I'm pretty sure I had. Yeah. Yeah. So when, when I watched it myself and I think mm-hmm. about it and, um, you know, it, it really awoke me to uh, a new way of thinking you know, and a new way of really looking at my own life and where I want to take my own life, you know, with myself not currently employed, you know, just really wanting to figure out what I want to do, what's, what is my next destiny step, right, really. So looking at that video and then actually watching that video with my wife, Lynn, you know, that was huge as well because I asked her, I was like, hey, you know what, I really want to watch this with you. I think it's a life changer. It's a game changer watching it, right, because I don't have $5,000 US to go to the event right now in Boca Raton, plus spend money on um, you know hotels and food and whatnot right now right so watching that video you know of a, a pretty condensed six days into about a two-hour video I mean there's a lot of information that he goes through it which I thought was so impactful that's a good point because that's one of the things that you'll probably take away from watching this is Tony Robbins is kind of getting to the the bottom of your problem like what exactly is hindering you from becoming everything that you could be or doing the things that you want to do very simply. So with a lot of people that he's trying to talk to or intervene with, he, he's he's trying to get them to the point where they understand, like, well, he's also trying to understand what their motivation is and what, what the heck's getting in the way of, of them accomplishing what they want to do uh, and building that awareness between between himself and the person he's talking to. Yeah, and you know, one of the things that I noticed too was he was very good at getting past the superficial excuses or the superficial things people are looking to That's true. really solve problems for. You know, he, he really dug down. He understood, I think, when watching the video that the first thing that people brought up was not really the first problem they really had. You know, um, he really exactly. got people to open up. I mean, some of these stories are super emotional when you watch them. I mean, they're just, you know, he really found a way to joke with people. Uh, even when they were going through 
through some really extreme situations, right? I mean, he was talking to people who were thinking about committing suicide and really, you know, one gentleman, he says in the videos, is it your shoes? Is that why you're depressed? Is that why you want to kill yourself? You know, he, he really found a way for the guy to relax a little bit and really open up and really get comfortable with him so he could really dive in a bit and problem solve. I think the part where that comment first came up was there's this girl that he was talking to that he identified as somebody that needed, you know, some intervention, I guess. And she... In this one, I sorry, it was the, it was actually the starting the video with the gentleman. The girl one was actually even crazier. Yeah, no, but I think what I'm talking about is like the first time he even mentions that he needs to cut through sometimes people's uh, veneer to get through the core of the problem was with this one girl That's right. who identified her problem as like bad eating habits or something like that. And That's then it right. turns out to be, you know, she actually had a deeper issue with her, her father. That's right. Yeah. That's yeah. right. That's the, uh, the conversation that she, she had, she, she thought, you know, I want to eat better. And that's what we mean by that superficial conversation that a lot of people are trying to solve yeah. problems with, right? I mean, if we all want to eat better, we know what we need to do, right? It's And he figured out quick that that wasn't really the issue. And I mean, her mom was sitting right there. So he probably was able to read the situation a little better as well, you know, better than most people are. And kind of breaking through, like, what sort of techniques would we, would we use, right? I think the one that Tony Robbins relies on fairly heavily and has for many years is actually just swearing, like uh, appearing as though he's angry even uh, to kind of shock people out of that state that they're in that. Cause I think how many conversations have you had or I had over the phone with somebody that's like despondent and not listening and not hearing what we're trying to say and, and like trying to present some kind of solution, which I guess that's not the first place women like to go. Sometimes they, sometimes they just need somebody to listen to them and to hear, to true, hear yeah, them out sure. when they have a problem. But you also have people that are completely despondent and not hearing a word of it. So I think what Tony Robbins does to, to get out of that is quickly is to just shock people. Yeah, you know, and he even made a point of it, right? I don't think he probably swears as much as he does in his conferences. No. Uh, he might, not, I don't maybe, know, right? Maybe but not in day-to-day life. No, he might, but, you know, the thing was, too, he said it. He's, it does shock people. It makes people listen, right? It's things that people aren't expecting to hear at a professional, you know, conference where people are being helped and talked to and, and someone says the F word or shit or whatever. People are being sworn at and, and you know, that really shocks people, opens up their mind and takes them back saying, what, what, what's going on here, right? Yeah. And they really want to make someone listen and say, okay, well, this guy must have something huge because people only typically swear when there's something important to say, I guess, in from their perspective. Yeah. So I think, you know, that's one of those things that's brilliant. And that definitely isn't to say that he doesn't have other techniques. I'm sure he does for getting through through to people as well. But that's one of them that, that I've definitely, you know, noticed over the years with his various conferences and interventions that he's, he's done with uh, attendees at his events. Right, you know, and um, one of the things I, I really liked, you know, there's so many different statements that I liked that he had just in this one event. Uh, I know I've never watched any other movie or video that he's ever put out uh, or really any other, um, you know, something, Conference. seminars like this. Yeah, conferences. I think this was really a huge groundbreaking one that they, they did put out. I mean, like I said earlier, right, you know, it's a $5,000 US course mm. that or a class that they're putting out. I mean, this is pretty extensive. It's taking people through 13, 14 hour days sometimes, right? I mean, it's things that date for that 
long period of time as well, right? So it allowed people to really, I think, dig deeper into themselves, right? It's it's like what the purpose of our show is, right? Allowing people to mm. use your power, use your own power to create a better life for yourself, right? So, I mean, this movie just made sense for us to talk about as well. Well, yeah, and that's true. And that's a really interesting point, too, because we could kind of do a callback to network marketing where you you have functions, you have events, you have conferences happening constantly. You know, you might have some small scale ones happening every week, but the big scale ones kind of happen, you know, once every every quarter. And so, you know, the thing that that often you come away with when you travel, when you go to a place you're not familiar with, when you interact with people you've never seen before, when you're in an entire uh, stadium cheering on some of the speakers together, something happens to you. You know, you're taking notes, uh, going through these exercises, which is kind of like what the Day Day of Destiny is. Like you're doing six days or something like that of like intense exercises and conversations and meeting people in groups. And most people probably aren't local, so they're traveling from out of town to do that. It really takes you out of your regular routine and does change you. Sometimes the problem, though, is that it doesn't last. Well, no, that's true, right? And I think what he does is he he really, I mean, they don't really show a lot of it, but they do show parts of it where he's really getting people to work in smaller groups and smaller teams to really set their own goals, to set their agenda. So when they do go back to their regular life, because this six days is not real, you know, it's not real life um, in in the big picture, right? It's real life for six days. But when you get back to reality, you got to go back to work, you got to go back to your country, whichever country you're coming from or province or state or whatnot, you know, um, um, you're going to go back to your regular routine, your old friends show up again, your old yep. colleagues at work show up, they all want to talk about the same things that maybe you don't want to, right? Your exes might show up, your this person might show up, right? So all these things are going to continually to bombard you, right? So a lot of this video, you know, in the movie is really talking about dealing with these problems. So when you went back to your real life, that you've done and, and done the things that you need to do to deal with it, right? So one of the things I remember he did was he actually made a, a lady call up her current boyfriend at the time yeah. and got her not got her because he, didn't, he can't convince her to do it he he taught her i guess really on why it made sense to really let that guy go because she was not only hurting him herself but she was really in the big picture hurting him so he couldn't move forward because she, she like he said in the movie she really had no he had no chance with her in in the in the big picture either well, I think it's something many men struggle with is like taking the relationship to the next level is, you know, it's not necessarily oftentimes it's not the woman that's like relenting about marriage. It's the guy, you know, ha- having a trouble making that decision and, and women more often than not want to get married earlier rather than later. Uh, not that guys are any different in that regard. I think we all want somebody in our lives that we care about and love and that kind of thing. But sometimes, sometimes, you know, there's fear and, and other things that get in the way of, of you making that proposal. So yeah, if the relationship doesn't evolve, then what is it? Right. Well, you know, there's things that he hit on too, right? Um, I mean, you'll you'll remember this. I think this impacted me too because he asked the girl, he's like, oh, you, or the lady, I guess, not the girl, but he asked her, he's like, well, you're probably daddy's little princess, weren't you? And she's like, yeah, I was daddy's little princess. He's like, boy, did he fuck you up. <laughs> and, you know, people were just so taken back, again, with that swearing part with what he did, right? But it really made people think. It's like he set the standard so high for any guy you know, that that guy can't be with you anymore because you've set the standard for yourself, which you should, you know, you should 
be treated like a princess, be treated like a queen, but then you don't allow anybody else's standards to ever reach that because you see that standard so high of yourself as well. Because of course, your dad saw that within yourself, right? So he had a very interesting way to to, to make her understand that, you know, that no guy would ever have a chance with her because her dad had set such a high expectation. And I'm not sure if that comes from uh, the Freudian kind of teaching or not, uh, but you may, may know a little bit more on that. I'm not sure. Well, what I wanted to say actually was just this whole thing about perfectionism. And I think it's in the media and the things that we grow up watching as well. You know, you watch something from Disney and, and so it's the, the tall, good looking guy. That's the good guy. It's the ugly, you know, dishonest guy. That's the bad guy, which is so different from how life is. You know, beauty does not equal innocence. Beauty does not equal honesty. Beauty does not equal integrity. None of those things. It's just like, you know, you won the genetic roulette. That's part of it. <laughs> the other thing is, I guess, you, you care enough about yourself to put that time and effort into into being that or appearing that way. But it doesn't necessarily, you know, give any... It, 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 I guess it maybe does give people advantages in some ways. But I think there's disadvantages too. It's just like anything else. Having lots of money big advantage but it could there there can also be lots of downsides if you don't know how to manage it right well look at all the things that people do that they do have a lot of money right and they do a lot of bad things with their money you know we can see that in the, in the election right now in the u.s we're finding out a lot of different things you know that people are doing right um try not to deviate too far from the uh conversation about the movie right but yeah um i mean there, there are so many good points and some of them i really would love to talk to you about again and our listeners about uh one of the things that i took away from was and i heard of a couple different variations of this quote that Tony Robin had in the movie. Uh, it was most people overestimate what they can do in one year, but underestimate what they can do in two to three decades. You know, yes. I thought that was so impactful because we're so uh, told to be thinking about the now all the time. Think about the now, be in the now. And, you know, and there's nothing wrong with that. But when you're planning, you can't plan just in the now. You do have to plan yourself into the future sometimes as well, right? And see yourself being a bigger and better person if you choose to be that bigger and better person in the future as well well the secret to adulthood is doing something consistently every single day i think jerry seinfeld is the perfect example he's he's a near billionaire if not a billionaire that blew my mind when i saw that but you know you think about seinfeld reruns and dvd sales and streams and all that kind of stuff and it begins to make sense but he focused on that one thing for so long every day making a joke and then checking it off in his calendar making a joke checking it off his calendar it's easy to do easy not to do it's so the slight edge right well, well part of that too was he also practiced that joke consistently until he got that joke and the tone of the joke and the the wording in that joke just the way he wanted it so when he told that joke to an audience either on the tv show or in a live audience he would get the exact reaction he would hope for because of the exact emphasis on every word he uh, had used as well right so it was actually a very interesting way of being able to do the same thing routinely like you're saying and getting good at it and then going out and doing it too well, true, but the way I interpret it is that, and especially having written 365 songs in a year once, 
I think part of the thing is you have lots of bad jokes. You have lots of bad songs. You have lots of bad ideas, even if it's something that's a habit and you're doing every single day. So it wasn't a matter of writing an amazing joke every single day. It was just a matter of writing a joke every single day. The act of engaging yourself in that discipline and doing it daily was far more important. I'm sure he took some things from, from, from the jokes he generated, but I doubt that he used all of it. It was like a recognition that human beings don't create good things by only doing it once through much repetition, through creating quantity. And then we can begin to recognize within our work, the genius as well as the stupid. Right. No, you're right on that. I don't think he had a uh, excellent joke every single time, right? No. Just like everybody in the crowd, you know, everybody in the crowd at the conference was not being helped in the same way, right? Um, but Or necessarily know, needed it. Or needed it. Or But I think there was something that everybody could take away, right? Not just to use for themselves, but also to use for maybe somebody they know uh, that's going through that similar type of problem, right? So absolutely, you know, he, from what I know about that, I kind of watched the program on Seinfeld and how he kind of came up the jokes and his process as well right so um from what i understood yeah he he definitely was writing jokes all the time and yeah not every joke was the best joke but i think that's where that practice came in and changing some of the words and making those you know jokes that weren't as great to be great later right so i mean these are jokes that he could still have written down that he's never used but he could use them maybe some other time when the right appropriate time comes as well Exactly. But I think the, the, the more, I guess, macro topic here is identifying where you're BSing yourself, right? What's holding you back? What's the thing that, you know, what, where are you lying to yourself and allowing yourself to, sp- to slip your standards, your beliefs? Where are you being lazy in your life? That's kind of what Tony is helping people see. Right. Well, and you and you said it perfectly, right? And and one of the net things he he suggested was, and one of the things I learned from that was, you know, if if you find yourself not being true to yourself and being lazy, or but you know, being lazy, and I put that in quotes because I think everybody who's working doesn't feel like they're being lazy, but it's also maybe not doing what you should be doing, right? Uh, it was being accountable. That's one of the things I took right from it is being accountable to yourself and also telling somebody else as well what you're doing, what your plans are as well, so you can then continue to do that right because i think we all need somebody to lean on uh when we are going through hard times right but we have to first believe in ourselves before you know we can start telling the whole world what we're looking to do right i mean it does come with self-confidence as well yeah and it's so easy to say too sometimes oh well if you just persist through if you just keep doing the right things it's it's a lot harder than it sounds and i can say that because i'm now i kind of in a season where there's various challenges various difficulties various problems maybe sometimes self-induced right <laughs> but when when you're in that season you i guess first of all it's recognizing it that you're there if you don't recognize that that you're in that particular season then you might be compelled to continue down a, a track of bad behavior uh, but then that prepares you like, okay, now I, now that I know that I'm here, I know it's possible that some other challenge is going to come up. And now I have to kind of decide in advance, who am I? What am I going to do in that situation? What's the right thing to do, even though it's hard to do? Because usually that's what we're facing. What's the right thing to do in the face of what's difficult? 
Right. You know, when you say that, it makes me think about this quote that I heard a long time ago, too, is character is what who you are in the dark or when no yeah. one can see you. Right. So continue doing the things that you know are the right things to do. Uh, doesn't matter who who knows everything about you, who doesn't know anything about you, because you know the most about yourself. Right. So if you're out there doing the things that you know you should be doing, you know, if, if you're on a diet, for example, not cheating on your diet. Right. Other people may not see you eat that cookie. But who are you being true to? Right. If you're not true to yourself first. Right. Because if you can't even add simple value to yourself, how do you eventually want to add value to other people if that is part of your goal? And I think as a human being, I think the value should be of most people, if not everybody, to try to add some sort of value to other people's lives. Right. And that's just going right back to uh, Tony Robbins, what he said. Right. His his obsession is his addiction now because this, you know, it's his addiction to help people. That's how he wants to add value to people's lives. It's really the same thing that we look at as hosts of, of using your power, right? Because we're looking at what what would make for good content? What would make us, you know, how do we be good examples to the people that are listening in? And also, all those kinds of considerations maybe don't instantly enter enter our mind, but they're certainly in the back of our mind as, as we move forward. It's like, well, you know, we can't tell people to be fit if we're not fit. We can't tell people to be you know, more honest if, if we're telling lies. And so all those kinds of things kind of begin to affect you in you kind of thinking about it. No, you're right. And, and that's the whole concept of who you, who are you in the dark, right? Like, you know, when no one can see you, when no one else is around you, who are you really? Right. And one of the things I got from him too, is like, you know, to, to know who you are in the dark is to know who you are in your words and in your actions. And I think that's kind of exactly what you're alluding to, right? Like if, if you can't, you know, if you talk the way you talk, be yourself, you know, you don't have to be someone else to one group of people and be another person to another group of people, uh, you know, at work or at home or with your friends or whoever, right? You know, when you start doing that, are you really yourself? Do you really know who you are anymore, right? You are, you, know, you can't be three people. You got, you should just be one person, right? And if they can't live with that one person, then really, do you need those people in your life or or the other way, do they need you in their life anymore? Because you're not being yourself. They're only keeping you around perhaps because you're this certain type of person. It's so true, you know, and I had someone send me some, you know, say they were praying for me and that kind of stuff today. And that's all, that's always nice to see. But like part, part of, part of me goes too. like, well, what, are you showing it in your actions? Like, I'm glad that you're saying you're supporting me, but how are you supporting me? <laughs> like, I don't want to, I don't want to question anybody's like loyalty or belief in me or like their, their intention to support. Cause they're the way in which they support me. is probably going to be different than how I, how I would imagine somebody would support me. And I think that's, that's part of reconciling that difference is like really important too. But some, sometimes I do question that when, when people say things like that. Well, I think that's just an expectation, right? Like I think we all have expectations yeah, right. of what we want certain people to be like with us because we're a certain way with them uh, or how we want a certain situation to turn out, right? I mean, you told me right from the beginning, you know, uh, and I think I mentioned this in another podcast as well. It's like we can write, you can write the best article mm. and you expect everybody to read it and you want everybody to learn from it and it's going to be life-changing and really no one read it 
right? But you could write kind of a semi-half-ass article and you can kind of not even market it, not really tell anybody on social media, and it could be your most read article on your website and you don't even want it to be, you know? It's what people are looking for, right? So if you have those expectations, they can be um, sometimes uh, very unreal, right? So really having real expectations of what you expect and what you don't expect. And really just, I think, going with the flow, as they say, is sometimes usually the best expectation as well. That's a really good explanation and, and interpretation. I like that, Mav. Thank you. W- what else have we got? Well, there's a couple of lots of other points. I got tons nice. written down. No, let's keep so, going. So, I mean, we're going to keep going. So, one of the things that he said was, a change happens in a moment, but getting to that moment takes years. Mm. What do you think? Oh, gosh. <laughs> Sometimes that that is true, right? I think we, when if we're honest with ourselves, we all have a vice or an addiction of, of some kind. And sometimes confronting that takes so much time interpreting it and maybe going deeper into it. I know that some counselors and some psychologists, they say the way that I deal with the past is to not deal with it. I can totally appreciate that viewpoint, but at the same time to negate your past entirely and and say none of that had an effect on who you are today is also incorrect, I think. So, you know, when it comes to, you know, like, skeletons in your closets or demons that you're trying to confront that statement is so true right an addiction could be something like i have a hard time letting go of this person in my life because i've like leaned on them for so long but like the relationship's not evolving or going anywhere which might be relevant to somebody that was uh featured in the documentary too yeah absolutely and you know and it's funny just i'll give you just a quick example of myself right growing up as a kid you know um you know we we did bad stuff as as you probably did too and i think i've told you this story too and uh you know i'm still a kid and i still do bad stuff (laughs) (laughs) i try not to do bad stuff but i am definitely still a kid um but they happen right but you know when we were kids uh me and my sister you know my parents would punish us for doing bad things and you know their their form of punishment necessarily wasn't you know uh, orthodox i mean my parents would feed us uh, hot sauce and and chili peppers because Mm. you know that was their only way of knowing what they could do with us because that's all they really knew you know they really had no experience and that was okay right but because of them their teaching us on you know on how to try to be better it really didn't help because i got used to eating hot sauce but you know, in the big picture, one of the things that I talk about like it now, right? Oh, I love hot sauce, and <laughs> people that know me know that I can really eat spicy food. They know I enjoy spicy food. Um, but one of the things I learned was about myself with the hot sauce. Just kind of bringing it back to to this was that I allowed actually the hot sauce to give me power or have power over myself because. I allowed the hot sauce for people to to know about me um, more, a little bit more about me. Was the hot sauce came at a time of anger? So I was actually mad at my parents. So they'd given me this spicy food. As I grew up and I continued to eat hot sauce, that same anger would be projected back towards the people I love, which were my parents, right? So now it, I actually only learned this about uh, four or five months ago about myself, maybe a little longer, um, but that that was a trigger for me, right? So that trigger of hot sauce actually allowed anger to come out. Now I know that about myself and now I can control that, right? So, but I had to go back into my past to learn where that anger came from. And now I'm a much better person because mm. now I get it. So am I sad that they did that to me? No, I learned something, right? And being able to now grow from it, I can use that example, uh, not only that example or a, or a subset or a certain similar example to teach other people how their anger within themselves is probably very similar. Yeah, 
parenting is like a tricky topic and probably something we'll get into a few years later. <laughs> yeah, because none of us got kids right now. <laughs> but the whole thing about like a common phrase, like a punishment fits the crime. You know, I would push back on that. I think it's hard to make a punishment fit a, a crime. And I think it's exactly what, what you said too. There's a consequence. There, yes. There's just, it's inevitable. So you do something that you feel you weren't supposed to do and there's a consequence for it, whether it's feeling guilty and guilt is like a horrible emotion to harbor or, you know, something bad happens as a result of you making that particular decision. There's always a consequence. So it's almost like there, or, there already is a built-in punishment in doing wrong. Well, absolutely. And, you know, one of the things that goes right along with that is, at, you know, just uh, going to the story as well and to exactly what you said was as I grew up and I found that out about myself, knowing what those consequences were and what they actually did to me, I actually um, had confronted my parents about that as well and saying, hey, look, this is what you guys did to me, right? So, and this is how you guys hmm. affected me. Uh, and I brought it to them and I was, you know, and that's one of the things that Tony Robbins said in the movie, which, you know, I watched way after I actually confronted my parents. So at least I knew that I had taken the right steps as well based on his teachings, right? So one of the things he says, even if you're scared, go and talk to those parents, uh, those parents or people that, you know, put put you through that, right? And I mean, it wasn't easy to bring that up to my parents and they still weren't really willing to listen. But mm. I got it out of my body, right? Because I got it off my mind, I got it off my chest and now I don't even need to think about it because I let them know where I was coming from moving forward. And most of all, just getting that deeper understanding of yourself. Yes. You know, now you know why the things are the way they are because you decided to go deeper into that. And that's the same process that I go through as well. I dig deeper into the past to figure out why I am the way I am. Yeah, no, you're right. And I think uh, one of the things that you said earlier, too, was, you know, your experience has allowed you to be who you are. So all the good stuff that you've gone through and all the bad stuff that you've gone to have made you who you are today, right? So, you know, you didn't go, you know, because bad things happened to you, you didn't go down a bad path. Because good things happened to you, you didn't necessarily only go down a good path, right? You took that good and bad, learned all about as much as you could about yourself and took the path that you found was best for you. So true. Right. Absolutely. Um, so one of the other things that on there was um, asking yourself tough questions. What do you think about that? <laughs> Love it. I think we even had this discussion early on. I, well, I guess one of the things we're trying to do with using your powers, develop products for people, right? So one of the points that we were kind of examining and looking into was this idea of asking better questions. I think Tony Robbins is perhaps the, the king of that idea of figuring out how, what questions you need to ask yourself in, in order to progress, because that's the quality of the questions that affects our lives. I mean, he even says something to that extent, right? Like that your outcome of your life is impacted by the quality of questions that you ask. That's right. And, you know, and we've talked about that with, with sales as well. You know, if you're going to be asking questions, ask a better question or ask, you know, you're only going to get the right answer you're, you're asking the question to, right? So if you think that, you know, with him, it was, he's, people are asking him questions. He's asking them questions. If he thought that was the actual problem, he would have kind of continued down that same path of asking questions. But he found that wasn't necessarily the questions that he needed to ask because 
because he felt that there was something else behind there, something deeper that he needed to get into, right? And I think that only just came from experience that he's had over the last 30, almost 30, 40 years. Yeah, exactly. And, uh, you know, that's that's one of those things that I, that I try to do in tough times as well. Like, what's what's what are some questions you can ask when, when things are difficult? Well, I found that who do I need to be right now is a good question to ask. Because if there's a change in the season and change is, always comes in life, then asking yourself who I need to be right now, I mean, you're always yourself, but like what, what changes, what little shifts, what little tweaks do you need to make to come out of that particular season with flying colors versus burnt out and like, uh, and discouraged and, and having a hard time continuing and moving onwards. Right. And, you know, and you hit it on the nose because I know you've watched that movie too. And, and that's exactly what he says, right? He says, face your problems and deal with it. And I think that's exactly what you're saying to, to our listeners too, right? Like if you're going through stuff and we're all going to go through stuff. So, you know, go through it, learn from it and deal with it and move forward from it, right? If you continue to just think, oh man, I'm fat. I'm never going to get skinny or I'm never going to be healthy. No one's ever going to love me. And you wallow in that forever. You know, how are you going to get out of it exactly? You know, if you're going to leave yourself in that spot, you need to have that power over yourself to get yourself out of that and then only will other people want to help you as well right i mean I've, i remember a story that i read about this uh, one guy i think he weighed about three four hundred pounds wanted to lose weight so what he did was he went for a walk every day and he did the same path every single day and people would see him walking every single day and getting skinnier and skinnier and and people would come out and hand him a glass of water because they knew he needed it or they'd give him a little energy bar or something right and that just kept motivating him to keep doing that route because people would be like hey man good job you're you're really doing it we could see the difference in you right but he had to make that change for himself before other people became the cheerleader for him very true and i think that goes goes back to exactly what we said earlier about being consistent like in your adult life if you want to succeed you keep doing the same things every single day now is a walk going to make you instantly healthier fitter no but compounded over time you give it a year two years three years four years five years pretty soon you are the weight is coming off because you've been consistent you've stayed with it so that healthy habit has become the thing that that the catalyst for a better future for yourself. That's right. And you know, the couple, couple of the other things I also, I mean, some of the things that we went back that I'm going to go back and t- that he talked about, the reason he said he swore so much was he wanted to interrupt the chit chat in people's heads. Yes. He's like a lot of people, when they start listening to him talk, they're, you know, they're expecting a certain type of conversation. So the swearing was part of it was to interrupt that self-talk that people are continually going through. Right. So I just uh, got into a couple of my points and I just kind of saw that there. So just wanted to kind of throw that out there as well. Self-chat, you know, that's a huge topic you could probably get into in in and of itself because we we talk so poorly to ourselves sometimes. Well, that and we see it in the media all the time talking poorly to us as well, right? And, you know, we we read magazines that are talking poorly to us, telling us to have some sort of certain self-image about ourselves. But yeah, for sure, I think we should totally do a talk on that, which I think is going to be great. Yep. I, yeah, we'll definitely come get to that. Awesome. Um, so a couple of the other points, let's go, um, is don't fall back into old patterns. Hmm. You know, I think we all have certain patterns and it's very true. What you did, I think part of that may be separating the good patterns from the bad patterns too, right? Because if it's a good pattern, such as walking every day, getting exercise, losing weight, then you actually have a good pattern. So why wouldn't you continue to 
you know, let that habit move you forward. But I think, you know, he is talking, talking primarily about old patterns that continue to repeat themselves in a negative way and that manifest in our lives in a negative way. No, you're right. And, and, you know, even going back to what you're saying, even if you're going for a walk and you're doing the same route, even that's an old pattern, right? Change the route up. So hmm. even things like that, you can definitely do to that's get true. yourself out of that. Carry a five pound dumbbell one day, carry a 10 pound if you can for that long a period of time, you know, and then don't carry a dumbbell at all. Maybe wear some ankle weights, maybe, you know, listen to different kind of music, right? Just get out of your old pattern. Maybe go for a walk, half jog, half walk, half jog, and just kind of switch it up. I think that's kind of what he's saying, even with the oh. idea of, of falling back into old patterns, you're right. Like if you, if you have a certain person, like you said, you alluded to it earlier as well, right? If you have somebody that you're so connected to that you can't disconnect from, and you're going to continually maybe write the person or call the person, and, you know, you're falling back in an old pattern that you know yeah. you shouldn't be in. So find ways to get out of that, right? And, you know, sometimes cutting off those ties is the best way to get out of an old pattern. That's what I was going to get to as well. But I also liked your point about input in the sense that people tend to consume the same things over and over. Is it any wonder that you're the same person today that you were yesterday? You, you have a DVD collection. Well, interesting thing about a DVD collection, you get into the habit of watching the same shows over and over and over again. And patterns become repeated the lines the things that the actors say maybe even some of the behaviors or style uh maybe personal fashion that you're trying to emulate now now it's like all been dictated by what you've watched in those movies and your dvd collection over and over again Right. And I think, uh, you know, social media and music, uh, you know, definitely add to that, especially music, right? I mean, you listen to the radio, it's the same top 40 music and it's the same continuous rotation. I remember, you I, know, I try not to listen to the radio. <laughs> no, but if you do, right, if even if you go out to the mall, for example, right, there's always some yes. music playing in the background, right? And you're, you and that might could not be, be like a mall specific playlist, even. Absolutely. You know, and, and, but you might be walking down, you're not really hearing the music because it's really light typically, but you have that one song come on and you'll start listening to it and you start hearing it, right? So that song that was so light in the background, now it's prominent and you can actually hear all the words clearly, right? Like I know I was just in um, Superstore, which we have in uh, in Calgary, which and you know I was buying some fruits and vegetables and one of the songs was uh, Gnarls Barkley, Crazy. It came on. I couldn't hear any other music that Superstore was playing until that song came on, which I thought was interesting because as soon as I came on, I started like, you know, I got a little bit happier. I, I knew the words for some reason because I, I listened to the song, I enjoyed it and I was like wait a minute you know it's that same music that they're playing but as soon as that song was over I couldn't hear this music anymore right because maybe I didn't know what the song was and my brain just said oh I don't know it I'm gonna turn it off and let's go back to whatever you were doing right so it was this really interesting I found about how things that impact you over a long period of time that you don't even think about anymore yes well I think if you're a musician though you notice I, I can't help but notice what music is playing in what environment. Yeah, and for sure. Maybe like developing that ear over time and playing so much music and having so much music, uh, musical ideas just run through your head constantly. That's maybe why. But you're right. I think in general, you don't always pay attention to it, maybe until a specific song comes on. Well, you know, and that's it, right? It's, it's just realizing that you even see and know these songs that are coming out of nowhere right i mean and those are the songs that can impact you as well right so if, if you're gonna find songs that are gonna impact subliminal you, marketing well exactly but find songs that are gonna 
be happier for you, right? And don't necessarily listen to songs that are creating negative, right? I remember growing up listening to a I lot of um, hip hop in the 90s, right? And a lot of it was gangster rap. A lot of it is, you know, I'm going to kill you. I'm going to sell you drugs. I'm going to I'm gonna beat you up. I, I fucked your wife, whatever, right? I mean, these are the things that were being talked about. How could you not grow up and want to emulate what you're seeing because you see this lifestyle that these people are talking about and li- supposedly living and then thinking hey i want to do what these guys you know what these guys are doing so you know um it's, it's hard not to want to be like that right especially when you're 16 and you're growing up and all your buddies are kind of listening to the same music as well and you know and there, there's drug references in there and then you want to try those same drugs that these guys are doing too right i mean the chronic who doesn't want to listen to dr dre and then be influenced by that and snoop dogg back then in 91 in 92 93 right when these songs and albums come out that's the kind of the lifestyle that they're portraying that they're living and they want you to live as well right so or not maybe you to live but they're influencing the way you will live i guess well there definitely are a lot of stimulants like i came back to canada in grade eight well i was just finishing up grade eight from living in japan so my first full year in canada was in grade nine or in school first full full year in school there are so many stimulants right first of all you have kind of your peer group and your classmates and maybe the people that you wish you could be friends with the people that you are friends with and then the music like you said might be impacting your style the way you think I think for me too, like it played into fear, right? Okay, what if I do get beat up by one of these rappers one day? <laughs> like those kinds of things. <laughs> Not like we would ever meet each other necessarily, but those kinds of th- thoughts can definitely occur to you when you're still in your development phase. Right. So just moving right along. So a couple of things that uh, I liked as well was, do you think, um, you know, what do you think is the best thing for you, right? And I thought, you know, allowing yourself to feel pain and hurt, sometimes that's what we need. Yes. So sometimes pausing and letting the the pain or the fear sink in. I know that's something that is hard to do. A lot of people will turn to alcohol or drugs or some other way of numbing out their feelings instead of feeling them. So I definitely remember hearing that and reading that before. And, you know, I think there there can be some insights that come out of that. Maybe it will help you cope in a way that you never thought possible before. Or maybe it'll maybe it's just challenging your beliefs and the beliefs that actually need to be challenged. And because they are being challenged, you're hurt in the process. But just knowing that there will come an end to that season because everything is a season. It doesn't last forever. So looking ahead and seeing what the results of maybe tearing down that belief could be. Right. And, you know, I think just dealing with the pain is really being honest with yourself. Right. That's it. It really is because a lot of people hide that pain inside and they don't tell anybody and they just let that anger build up over time and they just allow it to. Right. I mean, if you're able to just talk to somebody about it, you know, that's the reason they have like psychologists for insight, you know, to go talk to somebody when you're dealing with stuff. Right. Because some people need it. Right. And there's nothing wrong with that. But even your good friends can be that for you as well. Right. As long as you trust them and you know that they're not going to just spread your business to every single person in the world. 
world, right? It's just find that one right person that you can connect to, to, to tell them your story and then they can help you maybe just listen to what you have to say, right? And, and if you end up crying because that's the emotion you feel on the inside, that's okay too, right? Realize that because I know as a man, sometimes it's seen that crying <laughs> is not a good thing, right? How are you going to be a masculine man and, and defend the world and defend your family if you cry, right? You know, these are the things that you hear and you grow up, you know, believing because that's what you see in social media or in the media at that time. Now more sometimes in social media, just like you were saying too, right? Being that six foot guy, and you got nothing but muscles. That's kind of what we're seeing to see. And you, you say, well, that guy probably doesn't cry because he works out and he's huge and, you know, he his life is all put together, right? But, you know, not, we're not all like that. And, you know, sometimes being real with yourself is finding that emotional side of yourself as well, right? It's not easy. But if you allow yourself to find it, you don't have to always live there, but you can know that it is there. And if you ever need to tap into it, you can. Yeah. I definitely have to push back on that idea because a real man isn't somebody who holds it all in. A real man is somebody who's able to express himself in front of anybody. (laughs) Don't you think? It's much harder to express yourself in front of everybody, even if you're feeling sad or angry or depressed, than it is to hold it in. It's easy to hold it in. And if you hold it in, that could lead to suicide. That could lead to drug use, alcohol use other forms of abuse that aren't healthy expressions of what you're actually feeling. Right. Well, I know, you know, our parents' generation, for example, you know, they were really taught to hold it in, right? They were taught, don't, you know, guys don't do this. Guys work on the, in the fields, in the farmer fields, and they, you know, they go to do this, and, and they're the, they're these soldiers. There's, they're the army for their family, right? And how can you feel that you can be any less than what you're being told you should be if you don't allow yourself that feeling, right? So you, you, you must, you hold it in. I mean, there's things like, I mean, you hear about stories about people that went to war, World War One, World War Two, and I mean they don't talk about these stories. They don't want to talk about the pains that they saw, right? I mean they're holding this in now as well, right? For the rest of their lives sometimes, and they might only just tell one person just to to tell somebody, right? But we, I think, if we know about the stories that these people went through, we can relate to their pain, right? Maybe not of war, but at least maybe it's the things that they went through because they can really help us see how what we're going through is really nothing compared to what they went through trench warfare potentially right well you know part of that idea that i think i want to challenge a little bit is your biggest challenge maveen might be completely different than what somebody else like someone might totally fear war but you maveen are brave and excited and courageous and you love war like i'm not saying that that's true i'm just saying like there could be that difference and your biggest fear would be encountering a snake so you encounter a snake while you're in the trenches fighting a battle and, and, and you know, your fear manifests in a different way. So the scariest thing for me is not the scariest thing for you. That the toughest thing to overcome for me is not the toughest thing to overcome for you. If that were the case, we wouldn't really need each other. No, that's true. But the biggest thing that you can take from it is that whatever you're afraid of, I may or may not be afraid of it. But even if I know what you're afraid of, that sharing of your pain and what you're scared of and you're afraid of not only allows you to be free, because that actually sets you free when you express it it allows me to understand who you are as a human being and as a person it actually makes our relationship a lot better and tighter because now i understand who you are as a person if i'm a good person i'll actually understand who you are and i'll help you grow from that as well right not take advantage of it right so i personally feel there's a great 
a need for people to tell more of what they're scared of and what they are afraid of because if you tell people that will allow you to grow from where you are deal with your past and move forward the direction you hopefully want to go i agree with that perfect (laughs) and i got nothing else on that all right um so the next thing i got out of there was uh do the things you need to do in the now so you can then move forward after dealing with it in the moment and it kind of works with what we were just kind of talking about anyways is sharing your pains it was kind of the same point but a lot of it was dealing with the things today right if you know you need to deal with it today that pain deal with it today how do you feel about that it's challenging i think for a lot of people who are sensitive emotional I know that a lot of artists are that way. I know that I'm that way. I'm highly intuitive and highly emotional. Sometimes you don't know the source of the emotion, even if it is within or something you've experienced with the past, or if it's actually somebody else that's affecting you. And so first of all, identification, maybe... Maybe Tony Robbins has a specific method for for cutting through that and getting to the core of it, but I don't know what that is. So me personally, that that could be hard. Should should emotions be dealt with sooner rather than later? I agree. Uh, I think there's a lot of people that would hold their emotions in like at a at a funeral or something like that. Though they don't cry, they don't express, they don't emote in any way, and I think those people end up harboring that for a long time to come because they didn't take that moment to grieve that loss. But if you grieve that loss, even though it might in the moment appear quote unquote weaker in the long run will allow you to move forward and appreciate that person's life more than you continue to mourn their death for the rest of your life. Right. And, you know, I I think the idea of being able to uh, deal with something in the now, um, you can only deal with it in the now if you know what it is that you exactly. want, need to deal with, right? Identification. So, yeah, until you figure that out. It may take you six years, six months, six days, or six minutes to figure out what was bothering you. But until you actually sit down with yourself with a pen and paper, not a computer, a pen and paper, write it down and start writing things down that you Journaling. think that are bugging you. Yeah, exactly. Then can you only go back to it, look at it, and say, you know what, that was actually bothering me. Let's figure out what it is, right? I mean, there are different things that people have done to figure out what's bothering them. I know I've had conversations with friends of mine and, and you know, they're going to they're gonna eat these mushrooms, right? The magic mushrooms. And I said, you know, why are you eating these magic mushrooms for? Why can't you just sit down and meditate on the problem, right? And just kind of maybe figure out that way mm-hmm. and sit with yourself. The answer was a great answer. You know, he said, look, I can take three months or six months to meditate and figure out the problem or I can eat just the right amount of mushrooms not that I condone any of it or don't condone it it's really up to the person it's up to them I can't tell you what to do with yourself but he said you know within a two hour one hour period he was actually able to work through everything that he needed to do what the problem was and then get to that right so I mean for him it was valuable but for people who don't know how to use that technique it's not going to be very valuable now you're just doing drugs that's a good point right so i mean not that i don't think tony robbins would say hey do drugs to figure stuff out i mean we all cope and look for ways from our own experiences our own knowledge bases our friends knowledge bases uh, books whatever we come in contact with we use those things right Uh, we also use our own experiences as part of our largest knowledge base and other people's experiences i think as a second second knowledge base source as well right so um 
And I would, well, I would be inclined to believe that drug use would probably prohibit your, your brain from coming to the solution sooner, unless it just numbs it instead. Like I said earlier, drugs, alcohol, other behaviors, gambling can, can numb what you think is the issue instead of actually dealing with it head, head first. So that, I mean, that's just a thought, but I, I, I believe it would, it would numb your senses and make you unable to deal with the situation. Right. Well, you know, there are two thoughts on it and, and not, neither one is wrong or right. What I will say is I think if you're in the right headspace before doing it, you know, I think alcohol doesn't help you deal with problems. I a hundred percent agree with you on that. I think that can be an neighbor enabling worse problems down the road. Um, not saying that, uh, you know, m- mushrooms was a good or bad thing, but for him, he knew how to use them. He knew how he was going to use them. He wasn't using them to party or get high or have a hallucination, right? He was really focused, right? So, I mean, there's a lot of different training, uh, even in the 60s and 70s, where a lot of people were doing a lot of drugs and experimenting and really trying to reach a higher level of consciousness. Now, were they able to get to that? Some people probably were, some people probably weren't able to, right? It, I think if you have the right mindset going into it, maybe having people there to help you guide you through that process as well can be helpful. It's kind of like when you go into hypnosis almost, I think, right? You need that guide, Right. But if you're just there trying to get high, that's a different story. I do not think it's going to work. Okay. No, you've given me food for thought there because I have heard of things such as manifesting your desires through sex. Don't ask me how it works. I don't really know. There you go. I think I might have watched a documentary on it once. Fair. Uh, But, you know, people do talk about that kind of thing too. So maybe with drugs, there is some some benefit in that sense. You could somehow manifest a solution through drugs. Right. Well, I know not that this is a topic on drugs and I don't want to get too deep into it, but we can have that conversation. In a way, right? It is. And I mean, but, you know, there's a lot of musicians, for example, that do drugs and put Mm. out great music, right? Because they're channeling that. Uh, you know, that place that they were once they do the drug to get into a place of being creative. Now, there is a different things. Now, again, there's getting high and then there's being creative to find solutions or make music or whatnot, right? So I think it really depends on the space you're in, what mindset you're in, and the behavior you're going to go into, right? Now, now, I'm not saying that you should do them or don't do them. I think if, as long as you know who you are and why you're doing something, then do what you have to do, right? I can't tell people it's a good or a bad thing. It's a decision they have to make for themselves, right? I'll make, I make my own decisions about drinking or drugs I think you make your own decisions on drinking and drugs and I think every our listeners as well right so I know yeah. this is uh, it's about using your power and it's understanding what drugs do right even pharmaceuticals I know we've had this conversation before the way pharmaceuticals are they're also a drug right so they they can uh, absolutely you know, they're a drug you, yeah you'll see stuff that says don't drive it impairs you right so mm-hmm. it, that if you can't drive on a certain drug that means it's probably got a very similar uh, reaction action to maybe a, a, a drug that you can't necessarily get your hands on legally, such as pharmaceuticals, right? So, I mean, there are different things and there are different agendas we've talked about as well. Uh, again, not really on this topic, but I mean, there are, there are these things. Absolutely, there are. And, and you're right, you know, we can't affect what people necessarily, how, how they choose to deal with the situation. I think certain certain amount of soberness, however that soberness is achieved to come to a conclusion about the problem or the issue that you're going through is needed, though. 
Yeah, no, for sure, right? And like I've always used walking and walking in nature as a way to find uh, solutions to my issues and problems. I've also used music. I've also uh, used meditation. I've used uh, just closing my eyes and just laying there and just really allowing my brain to wander and just kind of see where it takes itself, right? Because And try not to control the thought itself. And if I see myself trying to control the thought, see it and then allow myself to go right back down that path again and just see where it takes me, right? And sometimes it'll take you into the dark places you don't want to go. And I think that's kind of what Tony Robbins is really saying, yes. right? Go into those dark places that you're afraid to go and then deal with the problems that you just have not dealt with because either one, you can't see what those problems are or you won't allow yourself to see what the actual problems are. I hear that. I hear right? that. Yeah. Um, so one of the other things, and I guess that goes along with one of the things he said was really getting out of your own head, right? So that really goes with that idea. And then again, um, one of the things that I liked what he said was, uh, what questions am I thinking of today that are going to change my life tomorrow? Hmm. Yes. And I think that still ties right back in with what was said earlier about asking the right questions too. But you're right. So uh, maybe part of that question asking process is realizing that there is an end end destination or goal or objective that you're working towards and then asking the right questions about that specific end, end destination as opposed to anybody else's or as opposed to not having an end destination in mind at all. Yes. You, would you say, David, it's kind of like hacking your way to the, you know, like, you know how hacking nowadays is like not hacking as in what uh, computer guys do. I think it's the idea of, um, I might be using the wrong word, I apologize, but it's, if you know what your uh, final goal is going to be, is working your way from your goal all the way back to the point where you are today and asking yourself questions throughout that process to get to your goal. I think that's what you're trying to say. Is that right? Well, I like that, like shortcuts, but really I like Shane Snow's smart cuts better, making, making smart decisions about the shortcuts you're taking because you take any shortcut and that could actually end up hurting your chances of getting to where you want to go. But you're right. Hacking would be like, you know, cutting off a certain amount of time of your work that you're doing. So uh, thereby achieving better results or productivity. Uh, Maybe you could automate a process that takes you 20 minutes and reduce it down to zero. Well, now you have 20 minutes back. So that kind of thing can be valuable. Absolutely. You know, and, and a couple of different things that, that, that just say what you just said in, in a different way that Tony Robbins said it was, he said, when you actually take that time, you're now going to start designing the life you want to create a better life for yourself, right? So that was one of the other things I took away, exactly what you just said, I think. Uh, just Tony Robbins said it slightly different, but I mean, that's a huge point. That's great. Right. So kind of where are we now? We're about an hour in at this point in this particular show. Awesome. So I think it's probably about the time to wrap up. So what are some of your final thoughts? And I'll kind of give you some of mine. Final thoughts. Well, obviously, Tony Robbins is a very smart guy. He's studied psychology, you know, according to his own words. He's studied probably thousands of books, if not tens of thousands of books. He's been doing these seminars and conferences for a long time. He's published many books. He's published many, many resources on the topic of self-help and, and personal development. But I think part of what I Am Not Your Guru offers is this experience that's somewhat removed from, from all of that. It helps you see the reality 
of who Tony Robbins is, what he does, and what his audience gets from those particular conferences. And, and many say the same thing. I think, you know, Ellen's had so many celebrities on her show say, yeah, I went to Tony Robbins. I couldn't believe what happened. <laughs> like, <laughs> but I never wanted to go. It's not my kind of thing. Yeah, well, you know, you don't really know what's your kind of thing unless you, unless you do it. And that's particularly true with, with a self-help topic. Right. You know, one of the things I do love about this uh, movie was the title itself. Uh, I am not your guru. I think the idea that he was trying to really drive to people was he is not in charge of you. You are in charge of yourself and you are your own personal guru, right? So there's no one else can be that for you except for you, right? Until you can deal with it and then get other people to help you with that you know, guru-ness within yourself, right? So uh, a couple of big number of things I took out of it was um, being honest with yourself. That was the one thing I took out of the movie. Um, if you don't know what to change, find little things that are bothering you and start there. Um, you know, a couple different things. A lot of people, he said, deal with the surface issues and never really deal with the problems. Right. Uh, something I really enjoyed what he said. One of the lines he, he uh, talked about when he was talking about relationships was rejection creates obsession. I thought that was an interesting line hmm. um, to, to what he said there too, right? I mean, uh, I can understand that things that we talked about as well, right? When you can't get rid of that ex in your life or that person in your life because you feel rejected or you feel they will be rejected, right? And then that almost becomes an obsession of yours and that you're not really dealing with the problem. I thought that was really uh, exceptional what he said. Very insightful. Um, and one of the things that uh, he portrayed in that movie and I think he portrays in his whole life is this sense of high energy that was one thing I really took away from that was you know if you're low energy and uh, really not you know bringing that level of confidence within yourself people see that and people will say oh well you know if this guy's not excited how can I get excited about what he's saying right so mm. this idea of having high energy and you know you watch the movie the guy's jumping on trampolines and stuff just to get his energy levels up and, and continue and keep that high the whole time there's actually a lot of science behind rebounders everybody should own a rebounder if it's possible if they have the space and the budget right it's on. just a little trampoline if you bounce on it 10 minutes every day feel incredible right on cool and with that yeah. yeah we're just about done i actually just want to make one comment about the whole guru thing too i think part of it is people now have beginning to have a negative negative association with that word it used to be kind of like a positive word in the early days of the internet but now we have everybody calling themselves a you know website designer guru or like a personal development ninja and like it's just cheesy you know well you know that's my opinion you can you can think whatever you will but i i think i think it's kind of surpassed that point of being cool and interesting Right. And, you know, I want to just kind of add to that, too, if you don't mind as well, David. One sure. of the idea of guru, I think, really does come from a religious point and a spiritual point of view. Uh, I, the idea of guru in, in business now, I think, is that idea has been brought into it as someone that's knowledgeable. I think that's all guru really means. So what he's really saying is, I yes. am not the most knowledgeable person about you. You are the most knowledgeable person about yourself. Yeah. And I just wanted to bring a slightly different perspective to that, but I don't, I don't disagree with that point. No. Cool. Well, this has been Using Your Power. Thanks so much for listening. We look forward to seeing and answering your comments. Awesome. Thank you.